Hello, and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I am your host, Danae Sweet, and this is episode 135. Today, I'm going to share an interview with an amazing woman, Asada de la Cruz of Cottagecore Rising. Cottagecore Rising is owned by Asada de la Cruz and is an apothecary deeply rooted in fostering community through the appreciation and application of Yoruba and Chahta ancestral wisdom. In addition to organic herbs, extracts, and oils for purchase, there are bi-weekly classes and workshops on holistic living as well as private and group yoga classes. I freaking love all of this, just saying. Um, recognizing that sacred healing begins in the womb, Asada also offers holistic birth and postpartum support as a doula, breastfeeding counselor, and childbirth educator. That is a lot. <laughs> I am so excited to share with you uh, her magical life and how she integrates her Afro-Indigenous roots into her spiritual practice with her family and her daughter. But first, let's go ahead and do a little smoke cleansing and some card pull. A card pull, not some card pull. Jeez. Today, I decided I wanted to use your basanta. This stuff doesn't crackle near as much as rosemary, so it's not as good, a uh, whatever that, a ASMR, I guess that's, anyway. I am cleansing the mic, my laptop, myself, <laughs> getting a, a good start to the day. Now, let's do little cards. Actually, let's switch. I want to do a different deck. All of a sudden, my guides are like, no, <laughs> not that deck. So I guess we're not using the spellcasting oracle deck like I do all the time. Um, I have the Witch's Kitchen oracle cards, and I decided that's what I wanted to use. So. So. Gonna ask the cards, what do we need to know about the week ahead that will serve our highest good and the highest good of others? I'm just like very uncoordinated. And instead of cutting three times, I guess I'm supposed to cut once. <laughs> All right. So I got, these cards are beautiful, by the way. If you love herbs, highly recommend this deck. But I got Arnica. Arnica is for recovery, rest. Um, it is in the physical uh, applications of Arnica. It helps with bruising. If you have a boo-boo that's like a little a bruise or some swelling, you can put that on there um, as like a, a salve or a, you can get Arnica gel. In the spiritual realm, Arnica, in the metaphysical realm, that's what I meant. Arnica is really represents healing, represents healing those energetic and emotional bruises that we have. So this week, how about some self-care, some salt baths, go get a massage if you can, um, 
chill. Have a no bones day this week just to recover. Um, We've all been through a shitload. It's a pandemic. (laughs) Um, We're in, we're about to round up uh, year two of a pandemic and so much has changed for so many of us. And I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit for, you know, doing the things <laughs> while all of this is going on worldwide. So t- treat yourself one day, one hour, whatever you can fit in. But this would be a really great service to yourself to give yourself some love and attention so that you can start the recovery process of healing from all of the things that have happened over the last few years. I, I think that I know I am. I know a lot of my friends aren't acknowledging how how tough it has been and how tense the energy has been for a few years. Actually, probably like six years, but I digress. You need to recover. You need to rest, okay? Okay, so before before I get into the interview, I have to share this story because I know I'm not the only person who is clumsy as shit. <laughs> okay, so um, I was having a hard, hard time shuffling these cards, and that's why I want to tell you in case you're like, <laughs> she can't even shuffle cards. Anyway, so last night, it's dark. It's dark. There's street lamps on. I can see-ish. Um, I went outside to lock the chickens in. So I had to, I have, I have chickens now. I have, uh, a, a beautiful, um, I cannot pronounce the name of the breed, but it's those all black chickens that have like, they shine like an oil slick, almost like purple and blue and green. He's beautiful. So I have a rooster. He got lonely. So we got him a hen. So I have Barnabas Collins and Josette. Um, if you know, you know. Anyway, so I went outside last night to lock them in their barn, their little house thing, so that, you know, raccoons and other things can't get to them. So I went and locked them in, and this picture, I want you to picture this. So it's pretty dark. I'm on the side of my house that it blocks out most of the light, so it's like mostly in shade. So I lock them in and I've got a really long flowy skirt with like moons on it. I've got, you know, my like combat boot looking things on. I felt like a feral witch, like a cottage, like a dark cottage witch (laughs) out there. Um, so what do I do? I decide I'm going to run down the side of my house outside. Like I'm one of those, you see those pictures of like the, the, the feral witch or princess, like running through a dark forest. And yes, I'm 42 and this is my mindset. So anyway, I'm decided I'm going to frolic with my skirt and run, um, to the front door. I don't know why. It just, I do things that bring me joy. That at the time was, was like, that, mm, yep, gonna do that. So I'm running at a decent speed. I, I, I don't run very fast, but to me, it was like a decent, you know, frolicking gait. So I get to the edge of the house and it's dark. Remember that it's pretty dark. I freaking ate shit. I ended up a lawn dart. 
Um, I tripped on some fence, like a roll of fencing that we used to make the um, chicken pen thing. It was leaned up against the wall and evidently the wind or something knocked it down and I was not aware. So my toe <laughs> caught it and I just, I mean, face planted. Boom. And I, I remember just going, ow. <laughs> And here comes, like, I hear Brad, my husband, like, running to the front door. And he opens the door. He goes, that sounded real. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Anyway, I'm wearing a little arm brace this morning because I landed, like, straight up on my um, left knee and my right, like, wrist. So I have bruises. But was it worth it? Yes. <laughs> it was totally worth it. Um, have I put away the fencing that I tripped on? Nope, nope, I have not. Um, I probably will procrastinate doing that, and my husband will probably end up doing it, like putting it away, just to spare me tripping again and him having to deal with um, with me and a boo boo. So. <laughs> I had to share because it was like, yes, those are the things that I do. I am 42 and I am definitely not a grown up. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's get on to the interview. <laughs> I know you're going to love her. This was such an enjoyable chat. So I guess if, like to start off, can you introduce yourself, just let you, let everybody know, um, who you are and what your business is. Okay. Um, my name is Asada, Asada de la Cruz. I own Cottage Core Rising. We just had our, it's work that I've been doing for many years, but I finally put it all into one business and one umbrella. Um, we had our soft launch on Samhain. Um, so that just happened, um, last month, well, I guess almost two months now. Um, I am a folk herbalist and I do birth work um, within the holistic realm. So I am a birth and postpartum doula and I do breastfeeding education and childbirth education. That is, um, you do a lot. I was looking at your website and all the things that you do, you are a busy person. And then I'm a mama to a very feral toddler. <laughs> and seven cats. Oh my goodness. Yes. You're a big, big wife. That's awesome. So I was looking on your website and I'm going to not pronounce this right, but it's like when you, your mission statement was talking about how you use your ancestry, your ancestral knowledge. And it was, is it Yoruba? Yoruba. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be able to pronounce the other one. Is it Ch Chata? Chata is how you actually, well, most people, it's C-H-O- C-H-O-C-T-A-W, how people normally say cha-cha, but within oh, yeah. that's, it's, that's how it's spelled actually in okay. cha-cha. <laughs> so that is your ancestry. That is so cool. Can you talk a little bit about each one of those and how they um, integrate, how your ancestry integrates into your spiritual practice? Um, I mean, it's really infused in everything. Like I am super, super fortunate. Most people in the diaspora um, especially like from Africa, they don't know their exact lineage. They don't know their tribes, like information's lost. Um, I actually still live exactly where my ancestors landed. Um, and which most people don't know, Africa town, um, is a place right outside of Mobile, Alabama. And it's where the last slave ship landed. 
Wow. It was actually after slavery was completely abolished. Um, some a guy placed a bet with someone that he could go to Africa and still bring more slaves over. So he did. And oh those slaves, wait, they were brought right here and after the town. And then once they were found out and let free, like there's nowhere for them to go. So they still settled and lived like in the same area. So that was my family. Um, mm-hmm. My family came over on that ship. And so we all still live in the same area today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that there's that's the one side of my family and then the other side of my family is Shakta um and their tribe the reservation that they're from is actually about 30 minutes from where we are oh wow Um, there's a lot of I mean with freedmen like there's a lot of like mixing and stuff we're all in the same area so I'm right here on the land from both sides of my family and it's amazing wow yeah that is that is amazing that you have that connection to the land and your ancestors all in one spot So how does that um, ancestry help you? Does it, do you integrate that knowledge into your services? So, I mean, there are so many services, holistic birth doula and breastfeeding and yoga, and then you have the herbalism. Um, Are there parts of what you offer that are specifically from like one ancestry or the other, or is it blended? They're both blended because I'm blended. Um, like a big part of all my services in general, it all stems from like, I felt very, very strongly called to motherhood. Like that was what I always knew that was going to be my path in life. Um, but within that, there are so many things that I wanted to teach to other mothers Mm -hmm. and so much of that, like wellness. So starting from like the womb of like being a birth doula. And then once that baby is born, like breastfeeding and like, um, postpartum doula, and then like keeping that mama well, like physically and spiritually. So that's like all the services tie in together, but it's all under this like mama wellness umbrella. That is awesome. I was looking at like reading all of the things that you offer and this may be totally TMI, but some listeners are going to get this. The one thing, so I didn't have my mom or anything to help me through my pregnancy. It was all by myself, you know, in the military. And when I had my daughter, I had a C-section, which I, I watch all the videos. Like I'm a, I'm a learner. I have to know what's going to happen or the worst case scenario. So I already knew if I was going to have an, a C-section, I knew how it was going to go. Um, no one told me the pain from your breasts that happens after you give birth until you start breastfeeding. That was bigger shock to me than, than the C-section. I remember waking, you know, kind of coming out of, I wasn't on anesthesia, but they did like dope me up. And I remember like having my brain wake up a little bit more and just thinking, oh my God, like what is going on? I had no idea. I wish I had somebody like you to tell me what to expect. And I, I, I think that is amazing information that you're giving the community of moms out there because that would have been valuable and spiritual. Like to, to mesh those two things together, I think is, is beautiful. Because you can't separate the two. Like we are spiritual beings. Like it is yes. what it is. And I feel like it's such a disservice to women, especially mamas, when we don't prepare them for things. Like we have like this culture of like, I guess, like we don't want to scare mamas about certain things. We want them to breastfeed. We want them to do these things. We don't tell them what it's like. Like it's hard. It sucks sometimes. Like I have a two-year-old. I'm still breastfeeding. Like it sucks. (laughs) It's for the best. Like I'm grateful for the opportunity, but it sucks sometimes. And I think it's really important that we're honest about that. And we, we talk about it and we prepare mamas. 
Absolutely. So I want to talk about the spiritual side of your business. So I was just briefly, cause this has been a weird week for me. Like I planned on doing all this research and I didn't get to. So I was looking up the Yoruba side to kind of see what spiritual beliefs was within that culture. Um, and I, and I briefly looked at it and it was like, kind of like animism where everyone is God is in everything and God is uh, non non-gender is that kind of this is that what you believe or is that or is just your chata informed side change that it really like it's so vast and people are so different but for me personally first off what my family identifies as is Catholic ish <laughs> emphasis on the ish part. <laughs> um, and I always joke around with people that it's just we're a lot more like Marie Laveau Catholic than like Pope Francis Catholic. Nice. So like we um a big part of coming over, like as with a lot of slaves, like we were not allowed to practice our faith and our religion. So we had mm-hmm. to hide it within so many things. And especially in this Gulf Coast area, because like I'm two hours from New Orleans, like we're right here, like on the coast. Um most of that was hidden within Catholicism. Mm-hmm. So all, all of our Arishas were hidden in saints. Like Yemiya was Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the tradition that like my family has continued on. Like my daughter was baptized in the Catholic church, but we had like our crystals and candles and like all of these things and stuff too. Um, and then we had another ceremony and stuff for it. So yeah, like we, I follow, um, I have certain Arishas. That's what we call them in um, most Yoruba traditions um, that are... I guess the comparison would be saints, like within Catholicism, like each family or person has like certain saints that they follow. Um, and so we have that for Arishas. Um, so that's where we are with that. And then like with, in terms of like Shata spirituality, a lot of it for me personally, what we've done with our family is it's more about our connection to the land. And we have certain rituals and ceremonies that we do for like our herbs and like all of our foods and things like that. That is so cool. I love that. So what or who sparked the beginning of this process for you, this journey with your spirituality and and turning that into a business to offer to people? Oh gosh, it's been... It's okay. (laughs) Mom, would you like to come sit with me? Okay. Like, yes, I want to (laughs) talk. Okay, you can sit. (laughs) Um, okay. So for me, first off, I was 12 years old when I really started like learning about my gifts. Like it was something where like, we always talked about in the family that like, I'm a healer, but we just kind of left it at that. Um, cause it's still, it's, it's so hard. And that's something that like, I really, really want to break with my business and like teaching people and educating people of like the pride in our history and our ancestry. And it's not this deep demonic type thing, but we've been so ingrained to believe that especially here in such a like conservative southern town which I know you can like understand (laughs) so um like growing up it was like certain things where it was like I was told I was a healer but like it was left at that we didn't talk about it and there were certain like rituals and certain things that people in my family did but like they didn't give names to it and they didn't talk they tried to talk about it within this like Christian context Mm -hmm. um so growing up like I knew I was healer and that's when I started like learning that I could like read cards and like just different things and stuff like that but I kind of was on this journey by myself um I didn't really have anyone like guiding me and it was something I was like afraid to talk about 
Um, so that was a huge inspiration with like starting the business was like, I knew when I started discovering these spiritual gifts that I had, how I had no one, I had no one to guide me. I had to just mm-hmm. figure it out on my own. Um, so there's a lot of like Googling and finding out misinformation and getting myself in a lot of spiritual trouble and like things, cause I didn't know, like I had no one to like reach out to, um, and then it wasn't until like in adulthood, I was able to like reconnect with a lot of family members that were still practicing that were kind of kept hidden. They were like the black sheep of the family that like we weren't <laughs> supposed to know about. And so I was able to reconnect with that. And so that is something that helped me a lot. And then in terms of business, I was probably like, this is crazy. Like I started off career wise, like I worked in the music industry. Mm-hmm. and I did um I went to school for like PR and communication and so that's I had like that whole life and it was just I just kind of had this epiphany this is so crazy and so cliche like in the mountains <laughs> that I was like this is not what I'm supposed to do with my life that it's mm-hmm. something that I enjoy but like I have a purpose and I have a calling and I'm supposed to be committed to like bringing people back to their ancestry and like re reclaiming their like both Yoruba and like native ancestry especially like my passion is for Afro-Indigenous people Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Cliff Notes version is that like, I felt like that was what I was supposed to do. Um, and so I literally on that trip, um, I ended up quitting my job like two weeks later. Um, and just my whole life since then, I guess that was maybe six, seven years ago. My whole life since then has just been this like, all right, God, ancestors, whatever, like I'm here, like, what do you want me to do? And it's just been following like what I honestly felt in my heart I was supposed to do and so it started off with birth work because I was still kind of scared to like put it out there about like Yoruba spirituality or use like the witch word or like anything like that so like we're just gonna call everything holistic (laughs) like I do holistic wellness holistic spirituality and so that went on for about two years um and then finally it just I don't know I think I like really built up my confidence and Mm -hmm. stopped caring what people thought like, I mean, I'm walking around with green hair. So I'm like, obviously I'm not <laughs> like, and I just stopped caring. And I think a lot of that had to do with finding out I was pregnant with my daughter and mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want her to have a lot of the same experiences I had of like that shame. And like, I knew she was going to be spiritually gifted and that was something I wanted to encourage and something I wanted to grow in her. That so. is beautiful. I love it when people just take that leap of faith they're like oh my gosh I should probably do this and stop doing that and just happens I think that's absolutely it's so brave like it's that scary. was a very brave <laughs> thing for you to do to just go right, no we're stupid my mom still hasn't like decided how she feels about it yet if we're still in the brave part if we're still stupid so we'll see <laughs> it's, it's it's brave no matter <laughs> what it is um I think that a lot of people have that moment it's not like cheesy or cliche. I think a lot of people have that moment, especially when you're out in nature and you're like, Oh, just that clarity. I don't know if it's easier for ancestors to get to you or whatever, but I feel like when you're out in that land and you have a clear mind and less distractions, you know, social media and all this stuff, I think it's easier for us to have that moment of clarity. Like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I need to do like, take this fork in the road because, you know, my ancestors are calling and I think that's beautiful. You're able to shut out all the other noise. Like Mm -hmm. I think we become so accustomed to it and it's not until we're actually away from it that we realize how much noise we have all day, every day. So how can you hear God or ancestors or anything? Like you're clouded with so much other crap. (laughs) 
absolutely like right as we're saying this like the train in the town is going by and, oh god i hate that thing <laughs> you do um so what is your i know a lot of my listeners and and i included like i like to incorporate my spirituality into my everyday practice so like for me like even brushing my teeth and taking a shower and all these things to me i the mundane things i put my spirituality into it so do you have some kind of similar practice where you infuse your spirituality into your daily tasks yeah one big thing with me like becoming a mother was that like I was determined that I wanted to give my daughter this deeply spiritual existence where like oh. everything we do has a spiritual connection so like literally from the time I wake up in the morning um and one thing too like I really wanted to include her in every single thing I do like she may not completely understand it now but getting into that habit and that routine like it, it becomes something for her so the first thing we do when we wake up every morning is we go we have ancestor altar set up and so we go to our altar she kisses all the pictures she helps me like put fresh water out like and if the flowers need watering we'll water those and like she helps me with like, the incense like that's like her big thing and she gets excited about it so when she wakes up in the morning she like literally beats on me and she's like up up and then like we go downstairs and so like she loves it so, like so that's how we start our day and like I like that is the highlight of my life was when like she got super involved in that oh um so we start off with that and then even like while we're cooking like she loves to cook so like she's usually like in the kitchen with me like with breakfast and so like we pray while we're cooking um and so like that's a big thing and like usually she will she has started this herself and so it's made me kind of like I'm very into like we have a very set religious and spiritual beliefs in our household and I feel that which I know a lot of people disagree with but like I feel that my job as a mother is to guide her in that when she gets older if she decides it's not what she wants and that's great but like right now like this is what like I'm teaching you but there have been some things that she's just kind of naturally started doing on her own and I feel so strongly that like it's God and the ancestors like talking through her so I just go with it so she had started wanting to like leave food I never was like that's not part of my spiritual practice of leaving food out so when we cook she always wants to like leave food for the ancestors so like that like she will literally it's so cute she'll walk up to the and like try to put it in their mouth (laughs) that's become a thing we'll like leave it out so that's become a part like with every meal like gathering up food and like putting that out um like I said we pray while we cook we -hmm. pray while we eat I mean we pray before we eat and then we always pray after we eat um and so like a big part of us is that I want her to understand that like talking to God is something that is infused in all parts of our day, not just like at one time in the morning. So literally every step we take, like we're, it's a prayer. Um, when we get in the car, like we have a prayer that like, once I like buckle her into her car seat, I get her a kiss. And then we have like a small prayer that we do together before we like ride off in the car. Um, when we return home, we like, thank God for like allowing us like a safe journey. Um, so I'm trying to think of what else. Um, mostly I think like our everyday infusion of stuff is mostly prayer um and then like with work with me starting my business um she works with me with like when I'm making like tinctures or extracts and like getting all like the herbs and stuff together and we have a special prayer that like we do over like each bottle and like everything we send out like there's a whole ceremony and prayer for like everything and she Mm -hmm. likes being a part of that um so that's something that's become part of our everyday um Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like a huge part of our spirituality is um, 
a big part of, cause like I moved away for a while and was living in California. And when I found out that like, I was going to have her, I was like, we have to be back on like our land. So yeah. like I moved back. And so a big part every day, we go for walks every single day to the park. Um, so I feel like that's a huge part of our spirituality. Um, and we do prayer walks together to the park. Um, so yeah, that's, oh, that is freaking awesome. Hang on. My husband just walked in and he's doing some language that I don't understand. (laughs) The dogs. Okay. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. This was supposed to be, I left the dogs in the yard. That would, I would never guess that. So that's fine. <laughs> you want to take a walk? <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not walking right now. Right. Like, I'm not walking. Yes. For all of you that are going to hear this, he <laughs> literally put little two fingers, like a little walking person. Yeah. And I think that, and that actually ties great into like another thing about like, I should be shot, not like necessarily walking the dogs or laying them out. <laughs> but like, I finally, like, I feel like I had, like, such a deep, like, spiritual practice and stuff before becoming a mom. Like, I was, like, teaching yoga. I was doing yoga on my own. It was, like, all these things all the time. And then, mm-hmm. like, you see, like, she, like, it's always here. <laughs> so, it's, like, I've had to, I've had to adapt and just learn that, like, in this season of my life, things may look differently. I may not have two hours of meditation by myself. <laughs> I may get 10 minutes and, like, and that's okay. And I try to involve her and as much as I can and recognize like, okay, like we're trying to meditate together. Like she's going to be doing something crazy and like, I may not be able to focus or like whatever, or not getting upset when like, we're trying to like do like ceremonies or rituals and like, she's spilling things, like she's being a part of this. And so recognizing that like my faith practice right now and my spiritual practice right now is being a mother. So as long as I'm there and stuff with her, like, then it's great. So they're all distract. I try not to think of them as like distractions. Like this is the real work that I'm supposed to be doing. Everything else is just extra. I love that because you're teaching her that they're not like, she's not doing anything wrong. She's just being, and she's being, that. and I think that's beautiful. Um, that's not everybody teaches their kids that. And like, as a 42 year old raised by a boomer, like I have all kinds of those things that you undo as you get older, like, oh, I can make mistakes, quote unquote mistakes. And it's okay. You know, we're going to take just a teeny bit of a break to let me tell you about a new product, uh, called Sipamate. Okay. So have you heard of Yerba Mate? So yerba mate is basically a tea that's highly caffeinated, which I'm very interested in, (laughs) from South America. And it's traditionally drank out of this really cool looking like gourd cup. Yes, I said gourd cup. And where are you going to find one of those? Well, I will tell you. Let me introduce you to sipa mate. So if you're like me, you are hard on things. (laughs) especially coffee cups, travel cups, all of that stuff. This is a company that creates these beautiful cups for mate that are durable. These cups are double walled steel, super cute with a modern unisex exterior design. It's even got a little brush that comes with it to help clean it. And unlike other hot drink cups, these do not lose heat. This is a really beautiful cup that keeps your drink piping hot every time. 
So maybe this season try something a little different for the holidays and start a new tradition or maybe celebrate old ones with a new cup, a new Sipamate cup. With every sip from Sipamate's cups, they want to bring you closer. Need a holiday gift? Well, I have a discount code. Yes. <laughs> so right now, use code WITCHYWOMAN and get 20% off site-wide. That's code WITCHYWOMAN at sipamate.com. That's S-I-P-A-M-A-T-E dot com. And get 20% off all purchases site-wide. Huge limited time savings, plus a Sipamate guarantee. If you're unhappy with your purchase for any reason, contact them and they'll make it right. Order now to get yours before the holiday. All of that information will be in the show notes. So if you can't write it down right now, just revisit this episode in the show notes and it'll all be there just for you. So I think that's beautiful that you're teaching her that. Um, I, what is, I wanted to ask, <laughs> what is the business, the, I've, I've got two questions. I've got, right. what is the biggest obstacle that you have come across in creating a spiritual business? Oh gosh. Well, okay. We'll see how much time do we have? <laughs> um, I think the biggest for me and this is something that I was just talking about recently, because I actually have a spiritual mentor that I meet with every two weeks. Um, so I'm able to like unload on someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were just talking about, I think for me, the hardest part has been trying to find time for myself and my own spiritual practice, because I feel like when you're running a spiritual business, like so much is expected of you and you're giving so much of your energy and your time and your resources to doing things for other people. And it's great because I feel like a huge part of my calling and my faith is all about service. Um, but that leaves very time for like me filling my own cup. And so that's something that I feel like I'm really struggling with the most. It's like, how do I find the time to help all these people? But like, I'm not completely like draining and like depleting myself. I can understand that completely, <laughs> completely highly rec. I've never done this in the three years that I've been doing. It's almost three years in like January for the podcast. Hey. I've never taken time off, like an extended time off. I've been like, oh my gosh, I got so much going on. I can't do an episode this week or whatever, or canceled some readings because of it, but I'm taking like an entire month and I'm so looking forward to it. Like three years to get there. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take a whole month off. So highly recommend just time off unplugging. Seriously, just shut the phone off, put it down. It's otherwise you'll end up like me with all kinds of health things that are just related to stress. (laughs) Okay. I get it. This is is a lot easier said than done. And I really am trying to, I'm really trying to take that to heart because so many people have been like, just unplugged. I'm like, you don't understand the world's going to collapse if like I'm not. (laughs) And it's just, it's hard. I think within people don't realize this that don't run some sort of spiritual business, like the sense of urgency that other people have and like there and then, but also sometimes it comes with like this sense of entitlement that like, Hey, I have this problem. So I need you to stop what you're doing right now. And like, you have to like fix me. And so it's hard. So I think for me, The best advice I was given was to set up boundaries from the very beginning, Yes, which I did not do. So so I wish I would have. And so now I'm trying to like regroup and be like, okay, like this is, I have to set up some kind of work times and some sort of system that can't be like 
three in the morning. Like, cause also too, a big part of me starting this business was to have something to share with my daughter. And so I still have to prioritize her. Um, So that's like a big part of everything too. So figuring out how to prioritize myself and my daughter and my family and still Mm -hmm. be able to be in service to other people. So on the other side of that, what's the most positive thing so far that has come out of this journey? Mm, I think like everything always relates back to my daughter, but um, (laughs) being like the joy and the pride she has in like who she is like that has been like so great and stuff for me um Mm -hmm. because I didn't have that at her age it's like I wasn't ashamed of who I was but it's just like I didn't know anything and so like so many like culture and spiritual practices and stuff that has become such a part of her daily life um I think that's been the greatest (laughs) joy for me of being able to reclaim that for myself and then pass it on to my daughter I think that's beautiful. I, I, I'm, I wish that like when I was listening to you talk and seeing her, like, I wish I was raised that way. (laughs) Like, I think that by raising our daughters and our kids this way, I think that we're creating such an amazing future in those children. Like the the earth is going to be better off with kids that are raised like that because they'll have compassion, empathy, and be connected to humanity and their divinity. And I think that's beautiful. And they're hopefully going to have a childhood they don't have to recover from (laughs) like all the rest of us do. And like, I like, and so like my mom is absolutely amazing. She's one of my best friends in the entire world, but it was just a lot of things she didn't know. And a lot of things now she even admits that like, I wish I would have known that while I was raising you. Like she's, and that's been, I think another great aspect of like this business is being able to watch my mother grow through me and like be able to like unlearn things like this late, like in her life. Like that's, it's been a whole family thing. So it's been great. I think that's beautiful. So does, I've got to ask, so the uh, Orishas? Orishas? So does your daughter- know what those like I know she's only two but does she incorporate or do you incorporate um that kind of veneration for for them in her routines it has been this very interesting thing where Dahlia usually like guides me in that um we I I have a complicated relationship with the Orishas and like my family being catholic ish air quotes um the orishas were not seen as like gods or anything the way they were in like traditional like spirituality like they were saints to help us so that's kind of what i passed on to her which i know is vastly different than like a lot of people and i don't want people to feel like i'm being disrespectful that's just how we were like raised with it Mm -hmm. um but one in particular yimiya is the one that i was the closest to and that has really guided me throughout my life um, and really helped with my conception and birth, like with her. But then somehow Dahlia decided to take like everything into her own hands. And she has always been like super drawn to the colors red and white. 
And whenever we would go to like any sort of like botanica or anything like that, she would like go straight to like the red and white orisha beads or like the red and white candles. And this has been like going on since like before she turned one. And within like orishas, like the red and white is Tashango. Like that is a very specific orisha. Mm-hmm. And like even like, and it was stuff like I didn't want to make anything of it because I know I'm super like woo or whatever so like I think everything's spiritual I'm like look at her I was like she could just like the clothes red and white I'm like okay we'll just keep watching and this literally went on for over a year like I have so many pictures that like she's drawn and she only will pick the red crayons and like on the white paper like everything and then like even when like we're doing the ancestor altar like she would always go to those beads and just wear them so I bought her like her own set so I think I'm trying to like wait it out <laughs> and yeah like I feel like she is kind of like has this connection herself to Shango which is one of the Orishas so I'm kind of letting her like I've started buying like more things in the house related to that Orisha and like really learning myself because it was not one that I was super familiar with Hmm. um so yeah so So, like saints and Catholicism like they have like a an umbrella I want I don't want to say purpose but like field or specialty if I want to <laughs> that's probably like the wrong way to say it so the Orishas they have the same kind of like Yamaya what is that specific one um encompass I guess um Yamaya would be like the greatest comparison would be like people compare her to Mother Mary so she's okay. the mother of the earth um so she helps a lot with birth and conception and just lots of you just need that like mama figure like that's what Yamaya is um and then in true Daya like fashion Shango (laughs) is like the god of like thunder and lightning (laughs) and like this fierce like very like strong but then also I guess to a protector and so that could be because one of her spiritual gifts like kind of relates to like protection so I guess that could be it but yeah I was like oh the motherly like loving like and she's like thunder and lightning (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that is great and I can totally relate to the like so in my spirituality um for me I'm a pagan so I honor some pagan deities and one of them in specifically because I lack that mother figure in my life that's what drew me to one of my goddesses that I work with and and venerate um often is that mother like I think we all need that sometimes that that uh caring um divine energy that is compassionate and gentle I mean sometimes she's not gentle but I mean she can be a mother their needs like yeah yeah. so I think I can totally relate to to that because that's been one of the ones in my life that has guided me the most I think because that's what I was lacking in my mundane my muggle life (laughs) I was lacking that so that is what I got from my divinity um so when she gets older Will she um, go through, because I know you said you're (laughs) Catholic-ish, so will she go through like catechism and do the whole that that thing, or is she going to be, like, have you made that decision yet, I guess? No, it's not like my mother. I'm like, I don't know. Um, My mother is very... I don't know I say my mother's traditional Catholic but she's also kind of witchy so yeah. uh, I don't think they would consider her traditional Catholic which she does right um like 
we like we're going to like advent mass like midnight mass for like christmas and she's homeschool right now and i plan on her being homeschool for a while but after that like kind of thinking of putting her in catholic school but i'm just like what are you gonna do when she starts to be like oh actually that's not i just feel like my daughter is gonna be the one to like raise her hand to some nun and be like oh well actually <laughs> that would be great it reminds me so know this from pancakes exactly oh my gosh that would be amazing my daughter got kicked out of uh, a christian youth group because she kept asking about the dinosaurs because yeah she was like seven and she kept asking she's like okay but how did dinosaurs happen and the <laughs> the leaders and the pastor kept saying you know maybe you should ask your parents and she's very matter of fact she's like well are you should you should know you know all the other stuff so how about the dinosaurs and they she pushed it so far they were like yeah you probably don't belong here <laughs> and it's hard because it's like i want her one thing that's very important for me, because like most of our family is kind of traditional Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so I want her to have that respect of like, this is like, because that's one big thing we've been having this whole debate about because I despise Santa. And so I'm like, but hey, don't ruin it for the kids. I don't want you to be a three-year-old going around telling people Santa's not real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so yeah. I don't want her to like ruin a lot of people's like religious fairy tales. But yeah. like, I just my biggest concern with her and like things within like catholicism is we are a very social justice oriented family um i actually met my husband at a protest like that was oh, how so we met um and like we um and it was like this crazy situation of like we were kind of scared for our lives running from cops type thing and like he grabbed my hand and held my hand and I didn't even know him and I was like oh we're getting married oh, and I did. <laughs> so that's like such a huge part of our lives um like she was I went to several protests while I was pregnant with her and her first one outside the womb she was like three months old um but like because of that there's so many things within organized religion, particularly the Catholic church that like, I cannot get on board with. Mm -hmm. And I can't like, try to, I can't try to deny or excuse for the sake of like other people having their fairy tale. Like, yeah. I can't deny the fact that like, the Catholic church was just sponsoring for slaughtering over 7,000 like, uh, like graves that are being found. So yes. that like, I'll just like let these people die and like, buried them underneath yeah. these boarding schools so I think that's more so than religiously that's yeah. the struggle I'm having with her like doing things like within the catholic church of that like we can't mm -hmm. like, get on board with like the roman catholic church because of that I understand that <laughs> that's a, I think a, I think the catholic religion is absolutely beautiful uh at face value like if you just like all of I almost converted when I would, before I went into the military, my great grandma was Catholic and I would go to, oh, I loved midnight mass on Christmas Eve. And I would go, you know, all of the big ones. And I, I would just go with her because I found the whole thing. Like, of course I'm a witch now. Like, and at the time I was like, now oh, it I'm, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not a witch. And I was like 14 when I started doing the witchcraft stuff. But like, as I got older, I had this like, little little identity crisis where I'm like well I could fit in and kind of be witchy I was Catholic <laughs> so, yeah. so I almost converted because it is such a beautiful I think it's a beautiful religion with all of the ceremony and the 
that to me, cause I'm extra and I'm a Gemini. I love all of the regality, like all of the beautiful yeah. robes and the candles and the incense and all of that. I think it's beautiful. And it's kind of how I raised Maddie was like, if you want to learn about this, I will teach you what it is at face value. And I let her decide kind of whether she wanted to be, cause she asked, I want to go to the, the, the church. Okay. We'll take you to the church. We're Baptist. Like my family was Baptist. So it's all about doom and gloom and like <laughs> everything sending you to hell, but she wanted to go. So we went and I, I remember her starting to say things about like, but what about so-and-so they don't come to church. So are they bad? And that was the biggest thing as a mom, like when she started to understand the concept, what they were teaching as sin, like she started to question things. And that was for me as a mom, that was the hardest thing to try to help her work through was no, that doesn't mean your friend is bad. You know, it, this is this person's opinion on how they interpret the Bible. And how do you explain that to an eight-year-old? <laughs> it was really hard. So I feel, yeah, like it's, it's such a hard thing as a mom and as a parent to try to navigate. I think one thing I'm going to try, like right now, she's still really young. So yeah. I haven't really had to do with it, but, um, a really like my best friend was telling me what she has ended up doing with her girls is explaining things of like, this is because she has very, they have a very strong like Christian faith and like, this is what they teach in their household, but like, they want them to be understanding that like, not everyone does this. So right. they're just like, well, in our household, this is yeah. what our family practices. This is what we do. Like people do things differently in their house and that's okay. But like in mm -hmm. this household, this is like what we do. And I so that's it. how I basically plan on kind of doing with her. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's hard. It gets confusing yeah. when they're hearing like outside things from other things. So the only thing I can do is just, really pray that we have a strong enough foundation in our house and I'm doing a good enough job here that if, when she's on the outside and she's hearing crazy things she yeah. can stand up for herself and be strong in that but then also at the same time as a mama you want to protect your kids so you're like why yeah. would I put her in a situation where she may be the other I know. and she may have to like defend herself like so I don't know I haven't figured it out yet it's so hard. like I don't know yeah I don't think anyone has all the answers on that it's so hard and as a parent you take it so much responsibility for other people's you know, information. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is like, you want to filter it, but you don't, but you don't want to filter it because you want them to be able to make their own decisions. So um, I, yeah, it was, yeah. My daughter went through all kinds of things. I want to be a Baptist. Nope. I think I want to be Catholic. Nope. I think I'm a witch. And then it was, she had an obsession with Greek uh, mythology. And so she was like, oh, I'm going to, and this is like 12. I am going to honor the Greek. Um, Sounds like me at 12. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, let's buy you books. And she'd get books. And, but she did, I will say all of the learning that she did as a child, and it was all on her own. She's like, I want to learn about this. Cool. Then you, I'll, we'll read a book about it. In high school, she was able to, because we're in a very conservative place like you are. So the public schools teach history and view the lens of Christianity. So during history classes, Maddie would be like, you know, raising her hand. She's like, that's not true though. <laughs> that's going to be Dahlia. <laughs> I 
and and I I don't know how many times I got called into uh, the school for that reason. Like your daughter's teaching the other students this information, and we don't teach that here. I'm like, well, maybe yes, you yeah. I'm like, it's a public <laughs> school. Oh, oh my gosh. Even at a young age, uh, before she really got social media, she understood the real story about the indigenous people and colonizers and all of that. So when that was being taught in, in like grade school, she would be like, that's not it. That's not how it happened. And all the kids were like, um, yes, it does. So it was constantly, I feel like, like, she's kind of like your daughter in that, like, she is thunder and lightning like Maddie is that's what she is she does not come into a room quietly she comes into the room and whether she's being peaceful or not you know she's in that room like as a presence definitely definitely relatable that's why I wanted to give her something to because like what you were saying about your daughter going like back and forth and like trying to figure things out that's how I was because Mm -hmm. I didn't I did not know enough about my, cause at 12 years old is when I started my whole discovery of everything. Um, I did not know enough about my family history and our spirituality and our backgrounds and our culture and stuff. So I was just trying to find something that fit. And I feel like I got so lost within like, I don't want to say lost, like it was a bad thing, but I spent so many years like identifying myself, which I mean, I still identify myself as witchy, but like trying to make myself fit into like, these like oh my gosh I remember Silver Ravenwolf came oh out gosh. with witch <laughs> and yeah. like I was just like so the first thing I did was like I have my book of shadows and like so I've seen every episode of charm so I was like I got oh. like and so I'm like making my book of shadows and I'm like oh I have to like pick like this name I will never forget this so the name I chose at like 13 was like um was Athena Ravenfire Love it. and like <laughs> I felt like I had to like have this connection to all these like Greek gods and stuff and I was like well this is what being witchy is so like I have to like follow this path and I had zero connection to it and mm-hmm. so for so many years tried to fit myself like into this box and like that's why I'm so passionate about now about teaching free classes and like talking every opportunity and stuff I get so people so there can be that representation of like other afro-indigenous people or black people whatever that are like hey like I don't have to be like not only white people can be witches like you know like there's this whole like other world out there and there's like other like avenues of like with hoodoo and voodoo and like all these things that like in Santeria like and it's just, I don't feel like that is ever expressed enough in a lot of these like alternative circles. Like all you hear about is like white witchcraft per se. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, like, and a lot of the groups that I'm in and the things that I see, like at least that conversation is happening now. Like I'm actually seeing that happen it's, it, with, with people of color and with males, like they're you know males too like anyone can be a witch it is not a closed practice it is a label that if you want it you can take it Mm -hmm. and I don't think enough because the one one of the most asked questions that I get in my dms is that how do I know I'm a witch well if you're asking you probably are (laughs) yeah exactly like I'm thinking you like that label, but some people don't like that label. You can call yourself a spiritual person or, you know, whatever else you want to call yourself. But that, that word, which is means so many different things to so many different people. And I think that's the thing that you've got. Like when I teach my classes is what does it mean to you? 
because me being a witch doesn't mean the same thing as it's going to mean to you because of all of our ancestry and our connection or non-connection to the land, whatever it is, everybody's going to be different unless you follow. And even if you follow, I guess, if you're a part of a closed practice, it's still going to be personal to you. So that's the one thing I really want everybody to understand about that word is that you, like you said, anyone can be a witch. (laughs) It's, it's a label. If you want it, take it. And I like that a lot of people are reclaiming the word because it gives our path, like it gives power back to the word instead of it being a label that was an outcast or meant something bad you know satanic panic through the freaking 80s happened in the early 90s and that kind of ruined that word too but I think we live in the south is still happening oh yeah (laughs) even here it's weird um and I still wear I wear my pentacle I dress the way I want to dress and people are starting to get used to it they may not like it here but they no longer like I haven't had anybody grab their kid and like pull them away from my path and like at least a year and a half ish so the progress and and I think that's awesome and I think the things that you're doing are creating that same movement that you can be you can embrace your in your ancestry and still have a connection to it doesn't matter like I like that you have two different kinds or two different flavors, I guess, of spirituality within your being, but also embrace the Catholic-ish <laughs> because you're an example of you can be whoever you want to be. It's whatever serves your highest good and what you're called to do. So I think that's beautiful. Well, thank you. So I want to ask one more thing. What is okay. the most memorable moment you've had so far with like a client or within your business there's something that stands out oh wow um oh gosh okay let me think something that stands out I feel like every I guess I won't say it's something that like one particular thing that stands out, but like a reoccurring thing is that I really, really love, cause like the first like witchy thing or whatever and stuff I learned about myself was that I could read tarot. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm doing like readings for people and them coming back to me and being like, Hey, you know what? Especially like, cause there's some readings I'm just like, they're not being receptive of this. Like I feel like I'm wasting my time or whatever. And then when those people come back to me and be like, Hey, like, this is what has happened since our reading. And they're telling me like how, well, I took your advice and like, whatever, whatever happened. And like, that's something that like, that's where I think I get the most fulfillment from is like being able to like make an actual difference in people's lives. Um, so like, those are like my favorite messages. So like, if people are like wondering, like, Hey, if I got a reading from someone, should I go back and like email them or whatever, please do like, to like have that. Like, I love that so much. So that's something that really stands out to me. And I think also too, I guess I I picked like one individual event. Like I remember the night before, um, my softcore lunch, um, and true, like, POC fashion I was doing things very last minute and so (laughs) the night before like I was trying to like package a lot of like the herbs and stuff and like Dahlia like helped me like make her first like extracts and so that was like this moment of like looking over and like my husband who 
thinks all of this is just nonsense. He is not like, he's just like, whatever, I support you and your happiness, but this is crazy. <laughs> um, like he's more traditional or religious mm-hmm. path and stuff. Um, but like seeing him, like they're helping me like put labels on things and Daya was like dumping herbs into bottles. And I was just like, this is it. Like, this is like what, like I always wanted. And knowing that like the next day my business was actually launching, I was just like, that's so cool. exactly what like I dreamed when I was little that eventually I would have this moment and be sharing this with my family and like here we are so. I think that's freaking beautiful um how can people find your business um and are you so what is today today is the first of December today's the first so they how can they find your business um do you have a website and then your socials too so they can subscribe to those Okay, I'm Cottage Core Rising on all the socials. So like on, I'm most active on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> um, so there, my website is cottagecorerising.com. Um, that's where you can see all my services and book things. And I have a blog. I have a newsletter and the first issue is coming out Ooh. next week. So if people want to subscribe to that, you can do that directly on the website. Okay. Yeah, so I have the website and like I'm on Instagram every day. Um, and I just, I always feel like I was too old and I was like, I'm never getting on TikTok. Like I'm 32 years old, the youth and I'm on TikTok like every day. So I've started <laughs> creating content on there. <laughs> I can't help it. Like I wasn't going to do it because it annoyed, like my daughter would constantly be on it. I'm like, oh my God, that's so annoying. All these songs. <laughs> and then I got on it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I get it now. And I was like, well, I'll stay on it, but I'll never actually create content. <laughs> I'm creating content. So oh, yeah. Instagram and TikTok are my big things right okay, now. Okay, cool. Rising on both <laughs> <laughs> so are you, you said you, do you offer classes online or anything? Mm-hmm. we oh, classes will start in January um but they were all I am super super passionate about information getting out there however like what people I don't want finances to stand in the way of people reconnecting to like their roots um so all my classes always have been pay what you can um so I'll be doing classes every two weeks starting in January like in addition to like the regular services so what are some of the topics that you're going to, so that they can like get a little sneak peek of what you're going to offer? Oh, well, I've done everything. Like before in the past, like I've done a class on Yoruba folklore, of people learning about that. I've done a class on indigenous folklore. Um, I try to pretty regularly do different herbal classes. So mm-hmm. teaching people how to make extracts or tinctures. Um, I've done classes on motherhood and spirituality I did two classes I did it well it's a two-part series on that of like how to like involve kids into your practice and like giving practical ways for that um let's see um I do a lot of informational classes but like I try to do like I said a lot of practical stuff of like teaching people like especially for January I know a lot of the classes are going to be herbal classes for um like different wellness stuff of like cold and flu season coming on of like teaching people like what herbs to use for that and how to make things um and usually for the classes what trying to figure out how to make it work and stuff with the online classes but with my when I was doing classes in person before COVID (laughs) um Mm -hmm. would be able to make things in the class and you would take it home with you um so I'm trying to figure out an option for that with the virtual classes of me like sending you stuff to like actually make the herb um but yeah, and Dahlia makes a guest appearance and all the time. <laughs> Hello. Um, and then January also, I'm going I wanted to start like have at least a solid two months of like 
just doing like orders and making sure I can create a balance of like getting like those out. And so in January, we're going to start the classes. And so that's when I'll also go back to doing um, my virtual yoga classes too. And so that'll be lovely. You are so busy. <laughs> oh. I do it to myself. I'm like, <laughs> why? Yes, I know. I feel you there. Well, I thank you so much for sharing your life with us. I think that so many people are going to get so much out of this um, chat we've had. And I know that there are other mothers out there going through the, the questions, the spiritual, spiritual questions on raising your kids. So I think that you're an excellent, excellent source of information for that. And I appreciate you sharing with us. Thank you for being so receptive and having me. Like I told you before, like I love your podcast so Aww. much. <laughs> I, I appreciate you to be a part of it. <laughs> I'm excited. I think people are going to absolutely love this. I want to say thank you again to Asada De La Cruz of Cottage Core Rising for coming on this show and sharing her beautiful wisdom, her personality, and just inspir- she's an inspiration. She really, really is. You can learn more about her by going to cottagecorerising.com. Um, she also is on Instagram at the same Cottage Core Rising. I believe she's even on TikTok at, at the same username, Cottage Core Rising. If you would like to come on the show, please contact me at witchywomanpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on social media, Witchy Woman Podcast on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook at the same. Or if you are on TikTok, I am at Witchy Woman Pod. If you would like to join our coven, go to Witchy Woman. Blah, 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 blah. Man, my, my brain is not making my mouth work the right way. Go to witchywomanpodcast.com to join our coven. Check out our Facebook groups, Witchy Woman Friends. That's a free open group if you'd like to join and just have a little bit of community with other witches. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay witchy. Bye-bye.